Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you again for allowing us this evening into your presence. Father, I'd like to just review with you this evening for the sake of your people. Dear Lord, a couple points. Father, the first one is that in Zechariah 14.7, you told us that in the evening there would be light. Lord, you never change your way. So Lord, in this day of judgment, which is what you were talking about in Zechariah 14.6 and 7, you were talking about the years of the evening. But Lord, your word is complete and full always. So we know, dear Lord, that if we come to you at this time as we're doing these evening talks to the light, there's a reason. The reason, Lord, is that you said in the evening there will be light, and the hope is, dear God, when we speak to you with this, dear Lord, that the message will go out to your people, that they will be caused to hear by your Spirit, and they'll have a desire to understand and seek the light. Lord, we've tried to make them known what is about to happen, that the separation judgment is coming. But the people do not want to hear. And Lord, we know they will turn at some point. So Lord, we're recording these things in the hope that they'll still be able to hear the message and turn before it's too late. Dear Lord, the church is not prepared. The people of the world are not prepared. They do not understand. Dear Lord, so many have made testimony of what is about to happen and they don't understand it. But worse than all of these things, dear God, is what you said in Matthew seven twenty one to 23 when you told them, Dear Lord, and many in these days will call upon your name and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we called upon your name? And you will tell them to depart from you the workers of lawlessness because they do not understand the law. They do not understand your plan. And even though they healed many in your name, even though they prophesied in your name and they got word from you, it's obvious you were speaking to them. Dear Lord, they would not hear. There were many disciples that followed you, dear God, and in the days you were on the ministry. But Lord, when you spoke to them of the hard things in John 6, they all departed from you. Lord, because when you started teaching them about your words and the works they do and the way they do them, they didn't want to believe it. They thought that even though they followed you, it was clear they seemed to think that they understood religion. They understood God. They didn't need you. They didn't need your instruction. They didn't need your words. Lord, you warned them of these things. Lord, it's coming to a point where they're going to need your words. I pray, Lord, that they will hear and they'll want to know. And dear Lord, that they'll be hungry. And Lord, let us have a dime. Dear God, it, it doesn't matter when they turn. We just pray they turn. Because this is the time of the harvest. Up until that very last second, Lord, if there's one that can be saved, we pray. Lord, that they will hear your words and come out. Dear Lord, they do not understand, dear Lord, what it means to have a famine of your words. Because they do not know your words. And dear Lord, they don't want to believe these things. Or they think they can fix the world, but they cannot. Dear Lord, you, they do not understand that you're bringing the war. You're bringing these people to test us. You're bringing everybody to their trial. And Lord, you warned the people of Jerusalem that you were going to destroy this city. God was going to do it. You told them these things have been prepared. and It's coming against them because they have no defense. 
They rejected your words that would overcome the Romans. And because of that, because they wouldn't receive your message, every stone was torn down. Lord, you told the people at this time, dear God, you've given them prophecy after prophecy of tsunamis and nuclear bombs and all these things happening. And Lord, they will not heed the message that if they would turn to your words, they can be saved. You said all a call upon your name shall be delivered. Delivered means saved. Come escape from these judgments. Escape from these troubles and problems. Escape from the war. Lord, we pray that they will turn and understand their Lord. It's the same as it was in your day. Same as it was in Nineveh. You told them the judgment was coming. The city was going to be destroyed if they would not turn, but they would not heed your voice. Lord, you've had me calling this out for 13 and a half years. Now we're in the 14th year. The year, dear God, the last year of the sealed judgment. It ends in April. And Lord, we're coming to the winter. You told them they must come out before the winter. Your Lord, they said, don't let your flight be in the winter. It doesn't mean they can't get it. But Lord, it's going to be very difficult for them because many will be judged if they've been shepherds and elders and prophets and so forth. Lord, you're going to tell them just like you said in Matthew seven, twenty-one to 23. And like you said in the parable of the ten virgins, Depart from me, the door is closed to you, because you would not heed when it came. And Lord, all these preachers, dear God, especially all the leaders, dear Lord, they mocked these words. They rejected this message. They didn't like the messenger, and they wouldn't even heed to sit down and talk about your word when they didn't understand it. And so they claimed all was straight from the pits of hell. And they told this on national TV and international TV. They proclaim and boldly proclaim their messages are going around the world. And Lord, how sad it is. Because, dear Lord, they'll be locked out and they will never taste of your food, as you said in Luke fourteen twenty four. Lord, tonight I would like to talk about a very important scripture. We're still talking and continuing to talk, dear Lord, about the tribes and 144,000. Dear Lord, it's very interesting in the 144,000, the 11th son of Jacob, Joseph, you keep him in the same position in Revelation 7 as you do in all the other scriptures. Dear God, he's 11th son, 11th tribe. 11th means the hidden power of God, the hidden things. And dear Lord, in this time, that's the most important thing is the people get the hidden things. They must get the message. Dear Lord, of the wisdom of the hidden things, the hidden words. The words they cannot get until they call upon your name and first believe there are words and call upon your name to get the message because you told them in Proverbs one twenty three that your spirit or one Proverbs one verses twenty to twenty three. Lord, you're saying that your spirit, your wisdom is always calling out of words. But the people will not hear. See, the woman is the one that makes the house and our bodies is a house, a temple to you. She keeps the way of it so that the word can be heard and understood. And that word is coming from God. Wisdom sets the, sets the framework inside of us that enables us. And Lord, just calling out our words. And these words in Hebrews 4.12 go in and they, they know the intent of our heart and they know the intent of our soul. Dear Lord, they know, dear Lord, even the bone marrow, they understand all the works that we've done. They can forgive all of it or they can bring the curse that it deserves upon us, dear Lord, because in these days, the law is going to be understood. We're going to be judged by your words. And the law of Moses was written in your words, the way of your words. 
Dear Lord, they're going to see, like you said, dear Lord, you didn't come to change any of them. You just came to fulfill them so they could understand them. Because before they didn't have the word. They didn't have the knowledge of the words that could interpret those laws to what they really mean and how it's representing your ways. Uh, Dear Lord, in talking about Joseph, dear Lord, as you said, uh, I'm going to talk specifically about Moses to the tribe in Deuteronomy 33 and 13. And dear Lord, uh, I just really want to just go over, dear Lord, a few of these verses because it's so deep. There's so much you say in very short spaces because your words reveal so much. But Lord, it says there, and of Joseph, he said in verse 13 in Deuteronomy 33, blessed of the Lord is his land with the precious things of heaven, with the dew and the deep lying beneath, with the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious produce of the months, with the blessed things, best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of the everlasting hills, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness and the favor of him who dwelt in the bush. Let the blessing come on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. His glory is like a firstborn bull and his horns like the horns of the wild ox. Together with them he shall push the peoples to the end of the earth. These are They are the ten thousands of Ephraim and they are the thousands of Manasseh. Lord, I just want to cover one point in this thing tonight. If I could get that one point understood, it would be very, very great. Because, Lord, I'm going to give like three points right here, but the one I want to focus on, the one I want to get to people is the precious things of heaven. And then you said, with the precious things of heaven, with the dew and with the deep it lies beneath, and with the precious fruits of the sun. The precious things of heaven are very important. It's the Spirit hovering over the face of the waters, and it says, let there be light. It's the words. It's the words of God. And we're going to look at that very carefully here. Uh, Dear Lord, we pray that people will understand the importance of this particular message of what he's saying there. But also, you said with the dew. And the dew is that in the morning, you make known your words, the instruction. It's there, they eat it. And the deep lying beneath you also said in here, dear Lord, that, that you know, you, you talk about the sun with him, the precious fruits of the sun. Let's go back, and there's so much there. I've talked about the deer of the morning, the deer of the dawn, and what to do, and in, in many writings, uh, when I did the writing on his solution uh, that's on the front page of the websites, it's it's explained in there about the deer of the dawn and, and, that, uh, and that writing. Dear Lord, I'd like to talk about this thing about the um, the, the good thing about the, uh, the heavens and what it means, dear Lord. You said the precious things of heaven. When we go to Daniel 12, 1 to 4, we, we start to get the answer to this wonderful meaning and what, what you're saying. In Daniel 12, 1 to 4, it says, At that time, Michael shall stand up, and the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Uh, I read that wrong. Let's see, let me start over. It says, At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. 
and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation and even to that time. And Lord, you tell us the same story in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, Mark 13, 19 to 20. And people must understand that the only way we overcome it is if we can get you to intervene. But Lord, the people aren't trying to get you to intervene. They're trying to do it their way, but they will not follow your instructions of Joel 2, 12 to 20, on how to do this to enable you to intervene. But that's another subject. I want to go on to the second verse and the third verse and the fourth verse. It says, And at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. But you give an instruction in Joel 2.32 that those who are delivered called upon your name, and that name is the concealed name of the word of God that's described in Revelation 19.11-13. That's the name you're coming with. That's the name it's written. That's the name that means the words. Because you put in that name that no one knew, the the sealed name, the name that Moses said, don't let them uh, speak this, just write it, or just... You know, say the letters of it. It's a name. It says, I will be who I will be. It's the same kind of meaning. It's the word. They never fail. They're always there. So you're telling them all those who have your word are going to be delivered, which is exactly what you say in other places in the scriptures. In Psalms 50 and 4, for example, those who made a sacrifice. How do they make a sacrifice? You know, it tells us in Joel 2, 12 to 20, that they first have to be sanctified. Sanctified is being set apart by your words, John seventeen seventeen, And we're going to be judged by your words, John twelve forty eight. When are we going to hear this? Okay, it goes on. And this is still part one. It says, uh, verse one, it says, everyone is found written in a book. Then verse two says, and many of these, uh, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and, and everlasting contempt. Please, what it's saying, sleep at the dust. If you pay attention to, to the parable of ten virgins, they get the oil and they go to sleep. He's not talking about the dead and the, the dust of the earth. We are all of the dust. He's going to return us to the dust. But we are asleep in the dust. In other words, we're sleeping to our death. We're sleeping to be cast out. We're walking in sleep. We're walking as dead men sleeping. That's what he's talking about in other places scriptures were walking as dead men. So he's saying that we're going to wake up. We had oil. That's what he's talking about, the parable of ten virgins. They all had oil. But only those who wake up and see that they got the right oil, they check their wick. They check their oil to make sure it's right. Make sure it's the words. They got all the scriptures, but now they need to discern the words. And he said that's going to happen after midnight. So we're in after midnight. We're in the night. Because the night is the time and he seals his instruction in us. And by the morning time when the sun rises, that's when they're cut off. And they're actually cut off just before that, like the Pharaoh and them. You know, if they'd have turned and cried out to you, but instead they tried to flee. And never repented. You gave them every opportunity up to the last minute, just like you're doing today. Everybody, like the men of Nineveh, were terrible, but they can still turn. People don't want to believe that the evil ones could actually turn and repent. But if they return to you, you desire all men to be saved and come to knowledge of truth. You can't change that law. You said that. You stated that. You will not change that. 
These people have their light taken from them. They have the curse of judgment upon them. They are going to be destroyed unless they turn. They must turn at this time. It tells us, and this is what he's saying, and those who are wise, in other words, those who checked their oil and got the right oil, he goes on and says in verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. See, what are the stars? The angels are always going out watching over us. They're trying to help. They give us the right message. They, they, they intercede. They do the work of the Father continuously. That we're like that. The stars, what do you say? The stars are us. When you go to James 5, 19 to 20, it says all those who uh, you see a brother that's turned away from the knowledge of truth, then you go to him and you try to bring him back. And if you can bring him back to the truth, you've cast him. I mean, you've, you've uh, overcome a multitude of sins. Multitude of sins, just like the men of Nineveh. When the word went to Nineveh, that, that word overcame a multitude of horrible sins, chopping off people's heads and stacking them in the gates of the cities, peeling men's skin off while they're living, and then tacking it to the wall of the city to scare others of their bruce gruesomeness. These were evil people. Today's, if the people knew the truth of what the, the Crown Trust people have done, they'd understand they're as evil as them or worse. God says they're worse in Matthew, Matthew 24. Um... 21 to 22, Mark 13, 19 to 20, and this verse here, as you saw in verse 1, Daniel 12. It said, those who turn many righteous like the stars forever and ever. Verse 4, I'm going to read real quickly, but we're going to come back to this verse 3. It says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. See, if we go back to verse Three, it says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. Let's just tackle that. We just talked about the stars. The firmament, people don't know what that means. If you go back to Genesis, the second day, which is the second day is the way of the second spirit. The work of the spirit, of the second spirit, is the words of wisdom. The people need to get the bread of instruction, and then they need to hear the words of wisdom. If they will listen to the words of wisdom and receive your counsel, which is the fourth spirit, but if they just get this work of the firmament done, they're going to understand. The words are going to judge us, John twelve forty eight, And it tells us here in Genesis 1, 6 to 8, it says, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. So it goes on, it says, Thus God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which are above the firmament, and it was so. And God said, uh, and God called the firmament heaven. What he says here in in uh, the work of uh, blessing of Joseph, he's got the blessing of the heaven. Heavens, there's you know Paul tells you there's the the paradise, which is the third heaven. They're getting understanding there, so they can rise up before God, which is the council of heaven, at the top of the capstone. That's at the very top of the. The, the firmament and then above that above the firmament is the throne of god that's the fifth spirit everything is done in the way of god even the creation bears witness to the eternal power of god eternal plan of god and the kingdom of god and, and the holiness and divine image of god all that is in the firmament it explains all this these are the five levels 
if you go on, he tells us what is it, the waters. He tells us in Revelation seventeen fifteen that we're the waters, the nations, the multitudes, the peoples, and, and the languages, their tongues, their words. So he's saying that he's going to divide the waters from the waters. How is he going to judge us? By our words, John twelve forty eight, Hosea 6, 5, he says he's going to judge us like light. And he tells us in Psalms 119, 130, that the entrance of his words gives light. So we can see by the law of uh, Genesis 1, 6, that he's saying, you let there be firmament in the midst of the waters. He's speaking to the creation. Please understand this. This is forever words. They never fail. They never come back void. So all the aspects of his words, all the aspect of his word water, all of his aspect of his word light and divide. Divide is a measurement, a number, a timing. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the water. Let it divide the waters from the waters. That means from the beginning to the end, we are being, being judged by the, the firmament. And what did he do in the firmament? If you go down and listen to what he uh, put into the firmament, in um, let's see, it's verses uh, 9 to 13. I'm sorry, 14 to 19. And in the firmament, he says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Paul tells us in First Thessalonians uh, um, 5, 1 to 13, or 1 to 11, if you read those scriptures, he says, we are either of the day or we are of the night. The night is the people of darkness. The day is those who are of the light. And he tells us the entrance of his words gives light. We're going to be judged by his words. He says the entrance of his words also give us understanding, Psalms 119, 130. He tells us in Psalms 119, 105, that the words are like the light that guides our path straight. Make straight. The path of the Lord. What's that mean? Get the knowledge of the words. If you have the knowledge of the words, your path will be straight. You'll know what God wants. You'll understand his plan. You'll understand the scriptures, just like he did for the disciples when he caused them to know his words. Then he was able to make them understand the scriptures. And Luke 24, 44-45. It says here, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And as you saw up here in Verses 1, 6, 8. Let the ferment in the midst of the waters, let it divide the waters from the waters. How's it going to do it? It's going to do it by the light. How do you get the light? The entrance of his words. The lights, his words were put into the ferment for that purpose. And he tells us in Job that the walls of the ferment are like a cast iron mirror. How's he going to rule over it this time? He says he's going to rule with a rod of iron. And that ferment's going to reflect our response to his ruling, his rod of iron. If you go to Ecclesiastes twelve eleven, he says the words of the one shepherd are like goads. He's got an iron rod, an iron goad. The one shepherd is the Lord. He's the only one that can give us authority to receive the words from God. He paid the price of the blood. He purchased that right for us. But only if we will seek him, like he says in Proverbs one twenty three, and then if we will turn to him, he will cause us to know his words. Now, please, I'm telling you that you're going to shine. In other words, Moses, when he went into the tent, and that's what the Lord has done at this time. He's going to rule over the heavens. He's making the heavens like the tent of meeting. He's telling us to come to the mountaintop, Mount Zion. His Mount Zion is the top of the firmament. He's standing right now in the capstone, which is the top of the four heavens, 
the world is the first one. The shadow of death is now empty because Satan's been cast down to the earth. That was the second one. Paradise is the third one. And the last one at the top, just underneath of, you know, the, the, the pyramid is a pyramid. I've explained that in the book, A Testimony of Numbers from the scriptures. So the fourth one at the very top is indeed the the capstone. That's where the throne of God is at this time. That's where the four living creatures are. They're underneath the firmament. Above the firmament is the throne of God. But right now there is a judgment throne been set up, as it says in Daniel twelve nine, in the top capstone. Because he's judging us from there. And he's, he's saying that if, if we will understand the way of the Lord, then these things, these words that are in the firmament will bless us. The hidden power of God, the number 11 represents that. To the world, it's disunity. They say it's, it's uh, um, you know, you can call it, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it rambles or something like that. I can't remember what you call. Uh, disunity is what, what it means. Um, but, that's what it means to the world. But to the Lord, leaven is the hidden power of God. It's like two uh, pillars standing side by side, the two pillars in front of the temple. The 11 good disciples, the 12th one was bad. He filled that later, but he's just pointing to the number 11. The number 11 means hidden. It represents, Jumachi, the words are hidden. And what he's talking about is a hidden. What is hidden? His concealed words are hidden. And that's what he's got in the firmament. This, the wisdom is these words are available to you to overcome. And this is the blessing of Joseph, the hidden power. And it's for everybody. The wise, he's saying, will get this. The wise hear the words of God and set themselves apart from the world, according to John seventeen seventeen, Joel 2, 12 to 20. And God hears them and he enables them to pass through these judgments. He drives the armies far away from him. Joel 2, 1 to 11 says that his word is in front of his army. They will not be touched. Nothing can overcome them. And he's telling us this here. So the, the, the firmament is a promise. It has the words in it. And you will get the light. It has the lights. It has the words. That's why when you, in the evening, it says there will be light. It's a promise of God, Zechariah 14, 7. He doesn't change his ways. You can call upon the Lord in the evening and he's going to answer. He's going to seal his instruction in the night because that's his law. In the morning, he'll manifest his word. But remember, our meaning of morning, we, we think of it tomorrow morning. But Lord's morning, there's a lot of different meanings to it. Because if, for example, in the day of the Lord, the morning starts next to April. That's when the, the plagues come upon the wicked. And, you know, they're manifested. He's going to separate him. The war and all that stuff has to be done before that time because he has to seal his instruction in the in the night. He sealed his instruction during the night on the Pharaoh in the Red Sea. He didn't destroy them till the sun came up. But he troubled them. He drove them away from his people. He drove them away. That's why when you look at Joel 2, 12 to 20, that has to be done in the night. Because it tells you in verse 20, he drives them far away. When did he do that with the Pharaoh? He, he did that in the night, right before the sun came up. He seals his instruction in the night. Judgment, the separation judgment is in the night. Luke seventeen thirty four, John 9, 4, 5. People must understand this. We are at this time. You know, you've had people have had, I mean, there's just flat no excuse. Because when you start looking at the 
the various things of the times that we're in right now. And and we, we really need to understand the problem we have. I was looking for a writing. I don't remember where I put it right now. Um, I can't find it. And I'll, I'll get it tomorrow night in, in the message if I can't find it right now. Because it's very important we understand. Oh, here it is. I don't, you know, I have told you, I have been in the meetings with the, some of the highest people in the system. I went to a DHS meeting, top secret meeting, before DHS was even known to the public, before it was even announced by the president that Congress is going to, uh, he's going to send a bill over there to form this thing called the Department of Homeland Security. Before that, for years, they've been operating Department of Homeland Security, and in the meeting I was in, they openly stated to the representative of the government of Argentina that DHS, which these people were in charge of, um, reports to the Crown Trust, reports to the 13 families. It doesn't report to America. It's an evil system. I've testified to that. Many people have tried to tell the people about the Queen Elizabeth runs the world. The Vatican is their servant. They appoint the popes. Not that Vatican Council. It's all, that's all like our voting system is total fraud. And people, you have all this information on the Internet. Kurt Kallenbach will tell you all about the, 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 the voting system and the rest of that. Everybody can tell you. There's so many people. It's all true. It, it's all rigged. It's false and so forth. But you remember Congressman Larry McDonald. He said, the drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create a one-world government combining supercapitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I am convinced there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil intent. And what did they do to them? They shot them down over in an airplane, 747, over Japan or over Korea. Said it was shot down by the Soviets. People need to understand that as it says in Daniel 7, the three big nations have all come united under one. I've, I've testified to this. They're working as one. Russia and the United States and China are not in disagreement. They're orchestrating this global thing underneath the crown trust who runs Europe, of course. They run the whole world. And they're orchestrating this. It tells you the little horn in Daniel 7 took over the three other big nations. And by them, they control the world. That's exactly what has happened. I've explained this in many articles and many audios. I've testified it from firsthand experience. I've testified that they control every every movement of gold in the world. There's no economic shortage. There's no economic collapse. It's all orchestrated. And it doesn't have to be. God has told us to come out of these people. and He'll drive them away so they have no ability to be over you because their dominion is ending. The winter's coming. Their dominion is ending. Read Matthew twenty four nineteen and and um, Mark thirteen eighteen. They killed these people. You know, it, 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 people don't understand. They they have no problem killing the people at nine eleven. They have no problem killing the people on this aircraft to get one man. No problem at all. They do these things. You know, they to the people working with them, they the engineers and scientists and so forth, and those chasing technology and finance. They tell them, they openly say to you, they kill twenty five engineers a month, a month, because then when you discover their science that they're doing that might cause things to be known to the people, they kill them. 
I've had my life threatened from the president's office, people reporting to the president. They threatened to kill me many times. They poisoned me. You know, people, I've testified to all these things. It's absolutely true, but they do this all the time. And people don't want to hear the truth. Preachers would rather go to Washington and keep negotiating. They even have these criminals come into their own churches and talk. And then, you know, they, they go there even though they know what's happening nation and they have no ability to answer it. They have no understanding of the plan of God that's clearly mapped out in the Bible. It's exactly what to do at this time. They will not listen. They will not hear. The Senate and Congress is going to perdition. They're going to destruction. They're following the crown trust, which is going to be destroyed very soon. Within the year, they're going to be destroyed. You won't have a boss. You won't have an economic system. You won't have a paycheck. You're going to have plagues, boils all over your body, your limbs withered, your eyes deceived, you know, dissolved in your eyes and your tongue dissolved in your mouth. If you continue this, read Zechariah 14, 12. Lord tells us, though, and I want to make this clear, that we can come and talk to him in the night and the evening. And in the night, he will seal his word in us. And in the morning, he's going to make it known. And we are in the last year of the, of the night. But see, the night is seven years long. And every one of those days within those seven years, you have the opportunity every evening to talk to the light, which is our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father. First John 1, 5, the Father is light. God is light. And he is spirit, John four twenty four. Please understand, we, we must come to the knowledge of truth at this time. We have the opportunity to overcome the world. We have the opportunity to, to fulfill God's plan for us. We have the ability to shine like Moses shined. Remember when Moses went and he came out shining. You have the promise of God in John twelve twenty four, or excuse me, John twelve three, that many are going to shine like the firmament. And I've shown you in this thing what the difference is between the firmament and the uh, and what you know with talked it in the scriptures, the firmament, what's it do? You know, he tells you in there that let there be lights in the firmament to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. See, these words are to give light, to give the words of God. When we understand that this is the timing and we understand that the evening gives us this light, we can seek him in the evening to get the knowledge of the words of God that overcome the world. But we have to be willing to let go of all that we've been taught because we've been taught wrong. If we didn't discern the words and the words explain the scriptures like the disciples, when they understood the words, all of a sudden they could understand the scriptures, Luke 24, 40, 40, 45, everything changed. People won't even let, they won't even let a Bible study. I tried to just take a group of people. We were invited to come in during a, a regular weeknight into a church, um, a, a guy that worked at the church there, uh, was a you know a teacher and so forth. They invited us to use one of the rooms to have a meeting. We could have a, a teaching on the words. And so we went to the church, and then the pastor made that guy stop it. He would not allow us to enter that church. He said, "There's no room in here. No room in the church for the words of God." Can you imagine how that man's going to have to answer to the Lord for what he just what he did? He had his reasons in his mind, but he didn't even take time to hear the words. Doesn't matter what they think of me. How about the people that were with me that wanted to hear the words? And we had to go to a, a restaurant 
and get a, a, a booth set apart from the other so we can talk about the words. That, that's what we ended up doing. But see, that, that's the way the churches are. They will not allow his teaching to be taught in the words. You never heard the rabbis really invite Jesus to come in and actually teach in the temples. He did it because it was God's house and God allowed it. But in these days, these churches, everybody's being judged by the words. So the churches are being judged by the words. If they will not allow the words to be taught in their churches, they are going to perdition. Because they're part of Luke fourteen twenty four, where it says, those who were invited and would not hear the words will not taste of his food. They will not see his words in his house. And if his words is not in the house, they're going to be destroyed. The buildings are going to be destroyed. Their houses are going to be destroyed. This is the way it is. That's what the war is going to do to you. Because you allow these things, the devil has the right in Revelation twelve seventeen to attack you. Even though you know the Ten Commandments and you believe in the, the testimony of the Lord that he died on the cross for your blood. But you would not hear his message. It's like Matthew seven twenty one to 23. They, they healed many. That means they probably did this in churches. They prophesied. They could have done it over the Internet. Could have done it in churches. Could have done it in meetings and organized things. They're always doing and gathering people together at hotels and various places. And then also they cast out demons. They could do that in people's houses or in churches. But guess what? The Lord says, depart from me. I never knew you to work as the lawlessness because it says in Matthew, uh, Psalms 119, 142, his word is law. He tells you in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, Deuteronomy 11, 18, 21, that you are to teach his words in your house every evening. Why? Because in the evening there will be light. The word God will honor your teaching of the words in the evening at the light. That's why you should light a candle as well or a, a light. Any, any kind of thing that you have available to you Use that because it brings light in the word. You're actually using that lamp and they're reading from the Bible. You're actually asking the Lord, make known your words to us, please, and plead before him. You know, break bread together. Bread is for instruction. You can put butter and cheese or whatever out there or crackers and cheese and, and wine. You want to know the eternal plan of God, the wine, the cheese is the stirred up milk get beyond you're telling the lord look i don't understand these things i don't understand the word i need to understand and put salt on the if you have bread and put a little salt on the put some butter and, and some salt see salt is a salt covenant and the lord said every sacrifice made to him in other words you're sacrificing like like people say that they don't want to believe anybody with the word so you're sacrificing yourself you know that your, your friends are going to leave you when you get the knowledge of the words your friends are going to leave you you're talking to God now. You're not talking to me. You're not doing what I say. I'm just helping you with instruction. But the words test the heart. Hebrews 4.12. And God will tell you if the words are right or not. He'll honor your statement and your request. But the salt is a salt covenant. It's a promise of God. You're reminding him, Lord, you promised me in Proverbs one twenty three that if I would turn to you, you would pour out your spirit upon me and you cause me to know my words. This salt is testifying that this is a covenant promise you made to me. You said, dear Lord, and in the evening there will be light. It's a covenant promise of salt that this will be done for me. That you will guide me. That you will be begin to guide me into the knowledge of the truth. And knowledge of all his words. That's what you're doing when you're doing these things. You're communicating to God, not to me. You're not doing something to show off with people. Do it in quiet. Do it without people seeing. Just talk to the Lord. Work on his words with the Lord. Communicate to him. 
Jesus said the people, when he fed them the bread and the fish, and they chased them across the sea, he said, you didn't come to me because of the miracle you saw, but by the bread you ate to your full. You ate to your full. You know, there's a promise in Elijah. He tells us in Second Kings 4, I think it is, he tells you there that the, when they brought the bread, it was enough for the, the 100 people that were there. And he said, put it in front of them because there's the, God's promises, there's enough and some left over. See, in the evening time, when they're getting together to eat and, and to make known the knowledge of the word, the lights are in the heavens. God will cause this to be done. It can be in the afternoon when the, I mean, it doesn't matter the timing. It's, it, there's different times of day with the different meanings of God. But you can understand them and understand when to do it. You know, when, when are you, what are you trying to get the knowledge of? What are you trying to do? That's how you use the words. Words are communication language. He calls it in Zephaniah 3, 9, the pure language of God. Because it's only useful to speak to God. It's not useful to speak to your brother. It ain't going to do you anything. You're going to give him some bread and butter. Yeah, you do those things to enable God to do something for him. But in the end, God is in that conversation. God is the one you're really speaking to. You know, if you wanted to give him something that he liked, you'd give him candy or you'd give him a, you know, a big steak or something like that. But when you're doing it this way with the words, you're doing something particular. You can have all those other things, but there may be this one item that you've intentionally brought into this meal or into this meeting or into whatever so that you can enable them to get the word. It's like Jesus, when he brought the disciples in to eat, he washed their feet. What he was doing was guiding their path because he washed their feet with water so that they would be divided. And he was dividing this. He was doing it with his own hands and was saying like, you know, follow me. In other words, what he's doing is keeping them to choose the way of light and not the way of darkness. And if not, the devil could have destroyed them during those three days until he came back. But he kept them back. He told them, if I didn't do this for you, you would be lost. See, Satan would, because if Satan was asking for him, and he knew that Satan was asking for those people, so he washed their feet that night. And washing it with the water kept them in the water. The words, the words separate the waters. That's the way of wisdom. Remember he said, divide the waters when you're washing the feet, doing it in the way of the words of wisdom, using the water. They are of the waters, but you're using the water, washing their feet to guide them in the path of wisdom so they can grow into understanding. So the Lord kept them by washing their feet. They kept them through these times of trouble. That's why it's good for the churches this time who understand the words, those who have the words, to wash the feet of others, to keep them from these troubles that's about to happen. That helps them go through this if they don't have the words to carry them through. Because they didn't, they'd heard the words, but they didn't have it. They didn't believe it. So he did it that way, to keep them safe to this time. Okay, I pray that this has been useful to you tonight. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, please help your people. Lord, without you, we have no chance. We cannot survive. Lord, we cannot make it through these times of trouble. We ask you, Lord, to help us in this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.